everybody, and welcome to the bonus episode of Generation Loss. No, the regular episode of Generation Loss. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I always redo them in reverse order. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies with me and uh, Jeremy. What's up? We're doing it remotely again this is great actually because this is um we have a precedent for doing this we've done it before (laughs) that's right on my other show and presumably on your other show this is all new uncharted territory we are all currently on lockdown not leaving our (laughs) homes because bill weld has dropped out of the republican (laughs) primary and there is going to be riots on the street and we we simply must hide ourselves right old william has <laughs> has uh let us all down um no but yeah we've done this before uh loose cha- loose change episode was uh was i was in la so yes. it's okay it's going to be normal at least this time we can see each other i don't think we could yeah. even saw each other last time no, we couldn't see each other. This is great, though. I'm I'm happy. I'm living my best life right <laughs> Through now. Through the magic of technology, we can podcast as though nothing is wrong. <laughs> nothing is wrong is the, the truth. I'm not leaving my house. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm doing nothing social. And you and love it. I feel it. fantastic about it. Yeah. You love it because you're a freak. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> you're... <laughs> You're a you're a you're a kinky freak for being isolated and alone. I love it. Is that anybody's like? There must be like some sort of like a, a sex thing. Isolation s- fetish. Yeah, sure. Around being alone. Totally. I would be surprised if there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, truly, I'd be surprised if anything wasn't somebody's thing. <laughs> Do you think that the movie we watched today is somebody's thing? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of... Unquestionably. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of things that are somebody's thing, what did you watch this week in quarantine? Oh, okay. So I, um, in keeping, I, I'm watching so much right now. <laughs> yeah, but, me too. <laughs> uh, I, I want to keep things within the line of what we watched. So uh, the two things that I want to talk about this week. The first one is all gas, no breaks. What um, is this? That's the YouTube channel you sent me. Uh, oh yeah, that the, shit um, is incredible. <laughs> the, okay, so so for those who have not seen all gas, no breaks, it is a YouTube channel. It's very new. Mm-hmm. Within the past couple months, it seems like it's popped up. And it's this young man who just goes to weird social gatherings and interviews people very clearly uh, in the Tim and Eric tradition. It's very much like centered around the idea of like the absurdity of everyday people, but in just the most absurd, deranged, twisted ways. So he goes to things like... um, like the big one that everybody would know is he goes to the furry convention and he talks to that woman who's really popular on Twitter now. Um, yeah, who is surrounded by Twitter drama, which is actually the way that I found this channel is that there was Twitter drama and everyone was talking about this person named The Witten and mm-hmm. someone linked me to this um, to this video and I found the video much funnier than the clip. Um, yes, because this guy's comedic timing in terms of editing, in terms of the questions he asks, in terms of the way he responds to the people who he's interviewing is gold. It's fantastic. And so like stuff like the the furry convention, he goes to like a regular porn convention. <laughs> There's one where he goes to like a, a flat earthers conference. Right. 
one of the things that I find very intriguing about him is that he manages to find a freestyle rapper everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. No matter what it is that he's talking to people about, he will find somebody who's freestyle rapping about it, and he will find somebody who is vaping at the event. Someone who's willing to just rap. Yeah. <laughs> it's this weird, like, surreal, absurd sort of... Uh, I mean, it's real life. It's like documentary, I guess. Um, yeah. But what's interesting is, Bryn, I don't know if you like dug this deep into this guy, uh, but usually mm-hmm. what happens with me is when when I find something that I really like, I'll just kind of like obsessively dig to try to find more of this person just oh. out there. Okay, uh, I, I haven't, haven't. So I found this guy's channel before this one. Uh, oh. And he's was just like a regular journalist. He was trying to be like a TV <laughs> broadcaster. And it's fascinating. <laughs> There's all these videos of him at like, like, uh, there was one where he's in like New Orleans for a, I want to say it was like a post Katrina cleanup thing. Oh. And he's like interviewing people about like Katrina relief. And then he goes on to do these just absurd videos where he's just like, rapping with furries and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and MAGA people. That's a really good one too. The Oh, the, I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, I really want to watch that though. Yeah, the MAGA the book signing is is very good. Um it's interesting because it seems like he's he's so awkward as a person. Like he himself isn't like because one of the things that's strange about um Tim and Eric or not strange, but uh or even Eric Andre, like Eric Andre is a person who carries himself with a lot of confidence, you know, mm-hmm. um, who seems like he's the class clown, he's funny, and he's almost always sort of the source of the comedy in his interviews. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of how uh, Billy, uh, the guy who's the gay guy who runs and yells at people. Billy on yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah. Billy Eitner. Eitner, Eitner. Um, same kind of deal where, like, sometimes the people are funny and give him good material to work with, but a lot of the comedy comes from the guy who's yes. doing the interviewing. And with All Gas No Breaks guy, do we know his name? No. Um, I don't remember. He, <laughs> he's always, he seems to be um, not comfortable. He's not really being very funny, but he's just, like, very good at getting it out of insane people. Yes. <laughs> He's very good at like giving them just the right amount of leash. Right. Like, he he's the reverse Eric Andre, right? It's the idea is that like this guy isn't a charismatic, like huge performance like titan the way that Eric Andre <laughs> is, where like Eric Andre will make anything funny because he's funny. Right. Whereas like the all gas no breaks guy, yeah, it's like he just I mean, it must be a numbers game for him. He must just be out there talking to so many people that just say nothing interesting to him. It's also, I think, a certain like he just has the he has the idea of where to go where he knows he'll find something. But I think what's precious and, and important about like the furry one is that it seems like he's he gives them a sense that they're not going to be made fun of by him. Right. Because he's he has this sort of like I'm a real reporter. I'm an awkward reporter and I'm a I'm I look like a child because <laughs> he mm-hmm. looks like a he looks like he's a freshman in college. He looks very young. He's been doing this a while though, so I don't think he's that young. Yeah, but he looks like he's sort of like I'm a guy who's earnestly trying to do a, a report on something. But he 
I think where a lot of the comedy comes in is from the editing and like yeah. getting them to say stuff that is funny and he's not even necessarily mocking them all the time. I mean, in the MAGA one, he definitely is. In the Flat Earther one, he definitely is. But the furry mm-hmm. one is sort of just like, look at this insanity. <laughs> yeah. The Flat Earther one is the one that I was thinking of, though, where like his whole shtick is just giving people leash. Yeah. He just like he won't. When you're interviewing somebody, there's a tendency to when there's a small silence to try to move it along to be like, here's the next question. You know? <laughs> right, right. And 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 this guy just runs directly in the opposite direction of that and and extensively waits and just is like fill the air yourself yeah he's like well what do you one question (laughs) you keep going (laughs) yeah it's very impressive yeah i think that that's what's good about him is that he's he's interested in not sort of making a good product but getting people into a position where they feel like they're the performer and it's so surprising yeah. So okay. So the other thing I want to talk about okay. uh, is um, recently reemerged as a. It's like a video that will go viral uh, every, you know, maybe like twice a year or so. And it's this old man uh, playing music on this like absurd piano thing with like a bunch of instruments in it. You may have seen it. Okay. Um, I don't think I have. The what's his name on Twitter? The posting menace uh, posted it with the caption like how I'm trying to be in this quarantine. Okay. And it's this old man sitting at a piano that has all these like pulleys and levers and buttons on it that all activate different. Like (laughs) there's like drums and one of them is like a (laughs) sound. And like, there's like a, a all these different sound effects. And he's just playing this like absurd little, uh, it sounds like a John Philip Sousa March with like all these cartoon sound effects. in it. (laughs) And uh-huh. uh, so I looked into this guy and I found like all these YouTube videos of him. His name is Joe Renato. He's just this old weirdo in California who's obsessed with the music of silent film era. Oh, okay. And he has this thing. It's it's an instrument. It's called the American Photo Player. And it's a piano with just like a bunch of shit built into it, right? And uh, essentially what it is is it, it was this thing that you would buy for your movie theater during the silent film era so that you could score the movie while also doing all the sound effects for the movie. And so like a Buster Keaton movie, for example, you it's like a player piano that's just yeah. kind of like scrolling and doing like the, the little... There's one of these in... Um in I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. There's like a yes, guy yes, playing yes, that. Yes. <laughs> it's very much like that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's just playing it really well. Yeah. It's a guy who like really knows what he's doing with it and, <laughs> and is actually playing it. It's not a bit. Uh, he just sincerely loves this. thing. <laughs> but I guess the idea was that all these sound effects were you would use them for like somebody gets conked over the head and you hit the little like. Sound. Yeah. Whoosh. Yeah. Uh, and it's so much fun and he has like a million videos of just <laughs> all the different songs that he's got the little the little scroll for oh yeah because you have to put it in it's like a player piano yeah it's a player piano yeah and then you're operating the sound effects around it right and i guess there's like a switch to change it from like piano to organ and like there's a, a trumpet sound uh it's really funny though it's really cool. <laughs> There's a video of him like explaining the whole thing. It's really neat. How many have you watched? I've watched like probably like twenty. I don't know, like a lot. <laughs> oh man, well that sounds fun. I'll check that out. What did you watch? 
Uh, so last night I watched because I didn't feel insane enough being cooped up in the house. I felt like I should watch cats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) so the thing about, okay. Have you seen cats? No, I've not seen cats. Okay. We talked about it very extensively on my other podcast recently. Oh, but Uh, you haven't seen it. I have not seen it now. <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't listened to that episode yet, as I told you, but off mic, I am listening to all of the Ballin' Out Super episodes that you've recorded in the past month. So it's funny listening to you guys get to coronavirus, where it's just like, I hope nothing bad <laughs> happens. <laughs> um, yes. So um, now that we are cooped up, I decided... Cats is online finally. I'd been wanting to see this movie in the theater because I had friends who told me I have a group of friends. I think I've said this on the podcast that I went to uh, film school with that we specifically watch bad movies and we have like sort of a a very unquenchable thirst for movies that are so bad they make us laugh. Um, yeah, and we fo- we watch tons of them. Um, and my friends, the, that friend group went and saw it in uh, theaters. Uh, and said it was very worth watching for this reason. Mm. And they told me, they're like, nothing... They told me that it's really weird and really crazy and has no story. And, like, she was... One of the, one of the girls was just like, uh, you, you're watching the movie and you're like, well, there has to be a moment where they stop introducing characters. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then that doesn't happen. They just keep introducing characters. And so... I went into the movie thinking, well, that'll be funny. That's just a, a long plot line of introducing characters. But no, nothing can really prepare you for what this movie is. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. It's a movie where it's introduced that there are cats. And that there's some sort of prize that you win for being the best cat. Yeah, and the Jellicle that, Prize. The Jellicle Prize. And then... And then it's just a series of little music videos where cats introduce themselves, and that's the whole movie. Like, I assumed that there'd be... It's like the Holy Mountain. (laughs) It's all intros. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like if... It's like if the middle part of Holy Mountain, where there was nine of them, it was just like the whole movie. (laughs) Uh Um, But it was boring, (laughs) and the music sounded like it was made on a Casio in 1992 in someone's bedroom uh and isn't catchy isn't fun or good um and it's also like you expect there to be more stuff about them like at least tell i I assumed there would be story (laughs) like in the songs be like okay i'm the train car cat and so what that means is that i'm homeless or i had I had to run away from my home or right. I'm on my way somewhere. Nothing. There's nothing involved in anything. Cat that's on a train. It's a train cat. The train cat has goes on the tracks and it pulls the fucking choo-choo train. It's like a it's like for children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it largely is. I mean, Broadway shows in general are like for children and like midwestern tourists that's who they make them for now yes so all of that if it was a kids movie i'd be okay the problem with cats is that it's horny it's like whole (laughs) its whole thing is that it's really really horny they're naked people they're humans Uh that are naked 
with they just they're covered by hair and you can see their hands and little feet but they're human hands and feet and uh everything else about them is like they're like always like looking at each other and touching each other and rubbing themselves and gesticulating and gyrating all the time i I guess they're street cats and street cats like if there's one thing street cats do it's reproduce yeah (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that makes sense, but it's honestly like one of the most <laughs> sexualized movies I've ever seen that wasn't pornography. Like it's uh-huh. it's so the the juxtaposition of terrible like children songs. Bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh the juxtaposition of terrible songs for children mixed with like Taylor Swift and Rebel Wilson like rubbing themselves down and like Taylor Swift is in it. Taylor Swift is in it. Jason Derulo is in it. Judy uh, Dench is in it, right? Uh, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Idris Elba is in it. Um, it's all really strange. That's where all that budget went. That's why it costs so much. <laughs> There's so many people in it. <laughs> I guess. Also, that's one of the big problems. So watching the movie, you're immediately struck with how fucking insane it is. Like... Because it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the strangest things about it is that it they got all this cast, but it like it looks like a Broadway stage rather than a movie stage. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um and it like doesn't have any depth to it. it like- it's all flat and the CGI looks really bad because it's clear that they had these people in the sort of like green screen like dot all over your body suits and they're right. just like okay you're cats this is the choreography don't worry about it we're gonna make you look like cats <laughs> <laughs> but then they don't they look like floating faces on like weird furry <laughs> bodies uh i gotta watch this shit man this sounds great <laughs> it's well, I was, yeah, it's great to get super high to and just be like, when are they going to stop saying their names? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it sounds fucking fantastic. I So did you see the thing, I guess, that like... We're going to talk it, about it on the it bonus? It was trending like yesterday or the day before that... Uh, th- uh, there's like a, a version of it that has all the cat's buttholes in it. Right, Um I don't watching this movie. I have no idea if that's true because it, it could, because at first I saw it, I was like, Oh, that that's probably not true. Um, that's probably a Twitter joke. Someone's fucking around or whatever. But then I watched it and I was like, "Mm, (laughs) I think that maybe it could be true. Um, the thing about the movie is once you watch it, you sort of start seeing where the crepe makers were coming from. Like they're like, okay, well, we want them to look like real cats, and right. If it was done just a little better, you can almost make out how it could have been cute, like because <laughs> they they're really little, and in certain shots that like the illusion works, where you're like, oh, they're like in a human size world, and they're real small like cats, and that's kind of cute. Oh wait, are they scaled like cats? Yeah. Oh. So so that's. That they made them look like people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like with just a, a few. Are there like regular sized people out? Like there's you no... see like a giant person walk past over something? That unfortunately never happens. But one thing that does happen is there's mice and cockroaches that are also just people. And they're really small. 
Oh, God. <laughs> and that's horrific. <laughs> the level of high I was, I, I did not want to watch that part anymore. <laughs> it was Jesus really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but yeah, we kept, we kept comparing it to Fightful Findings because it's just like scenes where nothing happens, nothing is communicated, and then you're just like, they say the same stuff over and over again. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait. Aren't you going to like, you're supposed to tell me something else because it's right. a new scene, <laughs> but you're not, you're just saying the same phrase over and over again. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> Damn. I got to watch this shit. Uh, yeah. It's worth watching. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> did you see, did, was the one that you saw the early one where like the cats are clipping through stuff and whatever? No, they, they've scrubbed that apparently. <sighs> We're never gonna see it. I really want to, but it's, it's all. It, the problem is, is it's still really bad. Like the right. the CGI still doesn't look good. It still looks like it's from the '90s somehow. It lost so much money. It lost so much money. It's got it. Like the, they have so many people in it. <laughs> it's such a it's such a recipe for disaster. If you really like, how did anybody greenlight this idea of like? Even if you're going to make Cats, which is already like not a advisable choice right. of, of a musical to adapt, uh, even if you're going to make Cats, the level <laughs> of CGI bill you're looking at for this, very high. Yeah, you have to fur, know that. Fur is really hard to render. That's one Anybody of the most... Will tell you this. <laughs> I don't, I'm not an animator, and all I know is that the hardest thing to animate <laughs> is hair. Yeah. They told me and, that and in cats, cats, they're covered in it. They're, <laughs> that's all they're they are. Covered in the stuff. <laughs> you look at a cat and you say, "Wow, you are just covered in hair." <laughs> oh, it's all in my eyes and nose, and I'm allergic. And then you add to that, uh, what if these wildly expensive CGI cats? What if they were not voiced, but rather live action played by such actors as? Idris Elba and Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> yeah, very high dollar people. Yeah, Judy Dench does not come cheap. Mm-mm. She's a dame. Also, Ian McKellen is in this. Ian fucking Gandalf Ian plays a weird like ex actor cat. It's so strange. What what what, what I recognized about ca- cats? Um, so I read a little bit about about it because i didn't want to just shit on it because the movie was bad right. i assumed that maybe the play is different or something no no no, it's not it's exactly the same and here's the thing oh, that's the <laughs> nobody <play>. likes cats <laughs> nobody yeah, thinks nobody it's a good cats. movie or a play <laughs> the thing about it is is that t.s Eliot wrote what is basically the first lol cats or doge like the yeah. whole point of cats was a book for children that was like, what if we talk like little babies? Because Jellicle is just like, <laughs> Jellicle is just like dear little cats. So it's like, oh, they're little fucking baby cats. <laughs> like that's the whole thing. The whole idea of cats is what if they we had baby talk? And he got a little obsessed with like saying weird words like jellical and ineffable and stuff because he's a poet. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it'd be like if somebody took a hundred years from now, someone took the concept of Doge, like wow, very 
uh, sneaky dog, yeah. you know? She, she wow, was such dog. jellical. Yeah, exactly. And then made like a million dollar play out of it and it just ran forever. And it sucked. It would just suck. There's no story. It's just like, I'm a dog. It doesn't make any sense. I don't remember where I heard this from, but apparently uh, a bunch of uh, Nazis thought that T.S. Eliot was a fascist. Okay. And they all went to go see cats. <laughs> and there was like a whole like field trip and shit of like Nazis who went to go see cats. Uh-huh. I feel I, like I, don't I remember where I heard that. From. I feel like I remember this. I don't know why I would remember that, but I'm pretty sure that that's true. And they were like, "What is this? <laughs> why are we watching? There's black people in this and Jews." <laughs> um, yeah. So cats is a strange thing that exists. I feel like it's some sort of weird, like Illuminati ritual. <laughs> That's yeah. just like it's like a cremation of care. It's like it's happening <laughs> at uh at uh, Bohemian Grove. Yeah, exactly. Like it just has to keep going or else <laughs> like the ruling class will fall and so we're just subjected to it like some kind of ritual. Yeah, uh part of becoming the president of the United States is you actually do have to play Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> you actually have to be jellical. Um <laughs> Also, a great thing about cats is that there's a cat called Bustifer. <laughs> and so Chris, who I was watching it with, was like uncontrollable laughing. He's like, well, I guess this has to be my display name. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a cat so that only busts. <laughs> But he's also really formal about it and will not use his shortened name. That's true. He He's not Bust Jones. He's Bustifer Jones. And, and that's all, actually the whole thing about him is that he's fancy and fat. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. He's fancy and fat and he's Bustifer. And it's very funny. Damn, um, that rules. Yeah, I can't, I can't really recommend it because it's kind of torturous if you're not gonna if you're if you don't have like the particular type of brain disease that lets you laugh at things that are tremendously bad yeah. uh don't watch it if you do this is the movie for you <laughs> yeah and on that note if you don't have that type of brain disease uh also don't watch the movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> which is <laughs> uh fateful findings by neil breen starring neil breen directed by by neil breen <laughs> <laughs> directed by neil breen written by neil breen uh yeah so faithful findings is neil breen's third feature film obviously put out by nobody uh it's impossible to find as we kind of found out uh i saw this on dvd um my my friend my aforementioned bad movie friends bought it from his website <laughs> a few years ago after i told them to uh to watch it um i heard about it from a show called the flop house um which is a bad movie podcast about uh where they sort of mst3k movies shout out the flop house um mm -hmm. and i couldn't believe this movie uh so Jeremy, did you you'd never heard of this? Yeah, movie? so let's let's well first let's do like a 
high level plot synopsis. <laughs> but yeah, had you heard of this movie before I suggested it? No, I never heard of it. I've seen pictures of this guy before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I've probably seen like clips of this on like old sync tube channels and stuff like that. Right. Um, like I definitely am deeply familiar with this man's face. Had you seen any like the memes like the like you committed suicide, I can't believe it kind of no, stuff? No, 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 no. I, I had absolutely nothing <laughs> coming into this. I was expecting it to be like because I saw the guy's face uh when I looked it up and I was like, Oh, I recognize this guy. I remember him from from the internet. And I was right. expecting it to be like some type of um like artsy thing that I was going to be like, oh, we're doing another artsy thing. Oh, really? Into this really expecting to be like, this is going to be like some dumb shit about like (laughs) time travel or whatever. Oh, you thought we were doing primer. (laughs) I thought it was like, uh, like, this is something that I would have like, from just the look of it, uh, before watching the trailer and stuff, would have firmly put in the like South Park. uh, Do you remember that episode where they have the film festival in South Park? No. And uh, so there's an episode where Rob Reiner, I think, brings a a film festival to South Park. Okay. And um, they're like, uh, what kind of movies are these going to be? Are they going to be like Terminator and like the big (laughs) movies that we like to see? And they're like, no, it's indie films. They're all about gay cowboys eating pudding. (laughs) And then, okay. like, the movie that they go see is, like, straight up just gay cowboys eating pudding. <laughs> so you thought this so, was like, going to be very... Art movies, I, like, I always classify them, like, when I think of them, uh, I'm always like, oh, yeah, it's like a gay cowboys eating pudding kind of movie. <laughs> and so that's what I was really expecting coming into this. <laughs> so you thought this was going to be a movie I really liked. Like, that yes. I thought it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. a well-made... Yeah, I like, some, like, eraser head ass shit. <laughs> I am so happy about this. You have no idea. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Faithful Findings. Uh, Neil Brain. The movie begins with two children who are hanging out. They go to the woods. They find something magical. Uh, It is a mushroom, uh, and then it turns into some stones. That's right. One of them is a bracelet, and one is a black stone. And then she moves away. Fast forward to the future. Neil Breen is a guy who has a sidekick uh, flip phone. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's literally all you know about him before he's immediately struck by a car and uh, is rushed to the hospital. And then uh, all of his friends and family are like, oh, my God, it looks like he's in a coma and he's never going to survive. And then magically... Uh, one of the nurses is the girl who was a who who found the magical mushroom, and uh, this apparently, I guess, brings him back to life or something. And then he goes to home and uh, hangs out with his wife. Then uh, he's writing his next book, which is secretly actually not a book, but a hacking scheme that he's doing, where he's hacking into government uh, and corporate secrets. International and national <laughs> secrets. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, 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 and then, um, fuck, uh, he, uh, he, he's got friends who, one of whom they're having trouble. They're having trouble. They're in a, they're in a relationship. They're in trouble. They're on the rocks. Yeah, they're on the uh, rocks. He likes hanging out with his car. She likes not fucking him. And uh, 
him and his wife are having trouble because she's stealing his painkillers and is addicted to painkillers. Um, and then, for some reason, she, their their friend, the wife, murders the guy. Yeah. For no reason, and then she doesn't want to have sex with him anymore, and that's the only way out, I guess. Yeah, and then um, that's over, and then um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he, fu- they have oh, right before that, they have a pool party for some reason, and the nurse from his from from the hospital comes, and they find out that they used to be childhood friends. He's immediately like, "I want to fuck you real bad," and she's like, "Me too." And then his wife overdoses on pills, <laughs> and then um somebody finds out about his hacking kidnaps the girl from his childhood he has magic now and uses it to walk through walls and <laughs> and uh saves the girl from his his uh childhood and they are i guess live happily ever after then he goes to washington dc and stands in front of the white house and calls out everybody for their uh their crimes uh he has their corruption he has documents of crimes and corruption and they all can't help but admit it and then be so ashamed that they murder themselves they just fucking kill themselves on live television in front of all the journalists and that's the movie (laughs) that's the movie okay so (laughs) you can imagine my surprise (laughs) almost immediately coming into this movie expecting some artsy shit and the first shot in in my defense the first shot of the movie is fairly artsy it's like a tracking shot that goes through it reminded me of the documentary that you saw at the means tv uh party oh sarasota yeah where you were saying that they have the tracking shot in the storage unit place oh yeah then they turn the corner where there's a party happening in one of the storage units and this opens on this shot of a storage space Mm -hmm. and they're going past all these units and then there's like a stool with a big book on it yeah it's pretty artsy i was like all right this is artsy this is gonna be some artsy shit better buckle in uh and then it's just stupid top (laughs) (laughs) almost everything that happens in this movie is the dumbest thing that could have possibly happened Yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah. Uh, so um. Neil Breen, I'd like to just start giving you a little background. Neil Breen is um, a independently wealthy man from being an architect for a long time. Yeah. Um, He's an architect in Las Vegas. He's also a licensed real real estate broker, but insists that he's never actually been a real estate broker he's just an architect (laughs) but everybody seems like it's on his wikipedia that he's a realtor and he's like i'm not a realtor i'm an architect (laughs) right which is it makes you you concerned that maybe he's not an architect at all and maybe he's just a house flipper and that's how he has his money Um, uh that could be yeah we don't we have no idea like we don't know that much about him we just know that he doesn't like crowdfund these generally like for the first i think four films he did not crowdfund them the last two i think he did um pass through and twisted pair um i think he crowdfunded them but i think for the first few it's concluding this one he was just making these and putting them out into the world and just like no one heard about them (laughs) um 
Double Down was the first, the second movie was the first one where uh, people kind of latched onto it and were like, this is absolutely insane. And then this. Because he got them on, uh, he got them on Netflix, I believe. Really? I'm pretty sure that's how the initial pop happened. Oh, okay. He, he managed to get them streaming on Netflix. <laughs> it's a similar story to um, one of my favorite bad movies, um, A Talking Cat. A Talking Cat? Question mark, exclamation point. A Talking Cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite bad movies, which has a similar story, which is that it was made by this guy who just kind of like makes these stupid movies, puts them out into the into the void. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees them. Nobody hears about them. And then this one, he managed to get streaming on Netflix and a bunch of people saw it because you just see the cover art and you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will be interesting, I guess. And then it, it really is. It's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, because <sighs> Neil Breen and, and especially... Fateful Findings, I think, is a window into the mind of in uh, mental illness on levels that <laughs> uh, we we don't normally get to see. And I think that's sort of the same reason that people like Tommy Wiseau, uh-huh. um, which is that it's just so confusing, like how it could have happened. Um, but what's really interesting about Neil Breen is that it keeps happening. And it doesn't get better; it gets worse. <laughs> right. And he's had like it's funny. If you, did you watch any of the trailers for the other two? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I looked around for other stuff. I found like some interviews with him and stuff. Like or not interview. There's like a Q and A thing with him. Okay. Um, but yeah, I tried to like get a little bit more of a grasp on him because I came out of this movie with like a very distinct theory about who Neil Breen is. <laughs> and what um, was that? So I don't think it's I don't think what we're seeing necessarily is mental illness. I think the comparison I would make is like Tommy Wiseau is like um uh Wesley Willis. Okay. And Neil Breen is like the guy who approaches you at Starbucks and says, do you like rock music? And then hands you his album. And then you listen to the songs and they're all about like some bitch who wronged him. But yeah. they're like really corny and stupid and bad. And, and and you're like, how did you do this? And then it turns out that he's a realtor and he's got some money and he just like paid some studio musicians to play some music to the lyrics that he wrote. And he made a stupid album that he gives away at Starbucks. Right. And so that's what I think Neil Breen is, is I think that he what we're seeing isn't a a look into mental sickness as much as it is a look into a very distinct type of like boomer wish fulfillment. (laughs) Well, I I think what you're seeing on display in this movie is like a new agey boomer who like has some vague interest in like Eastern philosophy and like technology and cyberpunk and stuff and, and and made this movie specifically so he could star in it so he could be like the cool guy who can like hack and like yeah. take down the system which is every movie that he's made they're all that <laughs> so the thing that when i said mental illness i think most people think of like sort of dumb people uh, you know i mean i don't want to be ableist here but i feel like people think of people who like have trouble caring for themselves um right. but i mean like narcissistic sociopath 
Yeah. Like, so I was going to say, he does remind me a bit of, I watched a Q&A with him, and he does remind me a little bit of Donald Trump in a way. Yes. Where, like, you hear him talk about the way he makes his movies, and, like, nobody's asked him this question, I don't think. He just starts saying, like, and, you know, I make all my movies in a very professional way. You know, <laughs> we adhere to all this, all the industry standards of directing and editing and post-production, my, my scripts. 120, 180 pages. I mean, these are professional <laughs> scripts. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> no one thinks that, no one says that, they're, they, that you're not following the rules of a book that you read. No one cares. They're not good. Um, yeah, but so I think that that's who this guy is, though, is that he's, you're right, he's like a narcissistic sort of like weird, like upper middle class guy. And I think what we're seeing is just like, his little dream he wanted to make yeah. little action movies that he could be the star of and he never expected anybody to find him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's i mean i think the thing about it is is that you don't do this unless you're kind of a psychopath who like doesn't really care about other people's feelings and only can understand yourself as cool like right <laughs> i'm not saying he's violent but i <laughs> it's hard to watch these movies and not feel like oh this guy doesn't understand other people at all. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I mean, do most people like isn't <laughs> one of the like one of the biggest challenges of being a writer? Isn't it like trying to break out of that feeling of of not being able to understand anybody but yourself? I don't know. Maybe I would say that's like one of the biggest things that you have to do as a writer. Right. Is, like try to understand literally anybody else. <laughs> That's true, but I feel like he's not interested in that. <laughs> no, he, or at the very least, he's not doing a good job. At it. No, he's doing a terrible but he's job. He's such a fascinating man because, like, he does come off as if he has something a little bit wrong with him, just in the way that he acts, because he's not a good actor. He's a terrible actor. But then, like, when you see the way that he portrays things, you're like, this isn't a guy who, like, he he's what he understands is he's not talking about things he doesn't understand. Like if he was like a guy who was like homeless and like schizophrenic and insane, like he wouldn't understand what like a middle-class lifestyle is to the level that he does. Oh no, he understands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so what's so interesting about him is that like the way you hear him speak in the movie, you're like, there's no way this guy can hold down a job. But then you (laughs) see the way that he writes it and you're like, but this guy clearly does like he, he, he's a part of polite society. And then you hear about him being an architect and you're like, yeah, he clearly does well for himself. Like, right. And, and, you start to look at him a little differently and you're like, like, I don't know who is this guy. Right. He's in, <laughs> the thing about it is I think he's insane in the way like middle managers are insane. Yeah. Like where you look at a person, have you ever had a boss like this? Who's just like, they seem completely in a different world. And like, they think that their job is really important. Like yeah. just people obsessed with, with the modicum of power that they have. Um, just like, well, can't do that, pal. That's the rules. Can't give you that time off. You know, if you, if you need to yeah. take a sick day, like he's that guy. He's the guy who's just like, I don't care about literally anything, but like what's in front of my face. Yeah, but he still has some weird sense of like, he's a different genre of that boomer, you know, because he's oh, not yeah. like, he, he's he's very similar to like 
the tactical sunglasses boomer. <laughs> yep. But it's different because he's like a like has a yin yang on his front door and like right. a like a tapestry of like a Chinese symbol on his wall. Like he has some weird like spiritual new agey side to him, but he still is just like a middle class white boomer who just doesn't understand anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. So the reason we're talking so much about who this person is uh, in real life and not in the movie <laughs> is because there's no line. Um, there's no line. Nothing happens in this movie. Yeah, very little happens <laughs> in the movie. Uh, what, what's 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 shocking about the movie is how nothing happens and your very little information is communicated to you from scene to scene, but how incredibly watchable it is. It is, yeah. Because what it feels like is that it's a guy who's seen a lot of movies, (laughs) (laughs) understands what a scene is supposed to look like, and like what is like what a dramatic moment in a movie is. But he just like has absolutely no interest in setting up or dismounting from those dramatic scenes. Mm -hmm. So the scene would be like an example of this would be uh, he understands that like there will be a dramatic moment in a movie where someone's on the phone and they're like, wait, what? He said, what? Where are you? I'm coming to get... Hello? Hello? You know, like... But then it'll cut away from that person having that dramatic moment on the phone. First of all, nothing is set up this dramatic moment. It's just happening. (laughs) Right. You don't (laughs) know who the character is. It doesn't doesn't result in anything (laughs) afterwards. It's just a moment that's happening. Yeah. And then the other end of the phone is nothing. There's nobody <laughs> on the other end of the phone talking. It'll cut back to him with his sidekick just walking silently. And you're like, it's it's just weird. It's a guy who just like, I don't know. It, it reminds me so much of the Starbucks guy, you know? Uh, which Starbucks guy? Oh, the like guy the we were just guy talking about. describing before who's like, who comes up to you and gives you a CD and is like, do you like rock music? This is my band, like Spirit Force, and you listen to it, and all the songs are just like they sound like uh like Pearl Jam, but then a guy just like not singing on the beat, yeah, and just like talking about how like his ex wife has made him into a wolf. <laughs> but it's impossibly bad because it's like, how did you? There's so many questions, like who are these actors and how did you get them to be in the whole movie? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's a lot of shoot days. There's, there's different locations there. There they, but they don't do good. So you're, you're constantly being like, are these his friends? Like, cause they're not good actors. Like how could they yeah. all be this bad? Nobody's a good actor in this. It's shocking. But there's locations. That's like shocking to me too. Right. <laughs> Is that, like a lot of these things are like like there'll be like a doctor's office scene where they're in a doctor's office. Kinda. You know. There's like IVs around, there's like oxygen tanks around. Like those aren't easy things to come across just by accident, you know? Like, right. But it's like not quite right somehow. Like it's not a real it's not it's not an ICU. It's like right. it it maybe is like a like pediatrician's office or something (laughs) it's like he's close enough or something um he'll just put like four oxygen tanks and an an (laughs) iv in it and and that's the doctor's but the point is that like he's able to 
get the locations. He's able yeah. to get the costumes. He's able to get the props. Like all this stuff is there. It's there. <laughs> it's just like it's just this like it's it's like watching a soccer team just like move the ball all the way up the uh, up the pitch and it's right in front of the goal and it's like last bit buddy, come on, just get actors. <laughs> <laughs> and he just hoofs it over the goal. <laughs> The problem is he doesn't even ha- he doesn't have actors, but he also doesn't have a script. Like, I mean, the script is clearly written. Hey, it's professional. It's 180, 120 pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's nothing there. It's it's baffling as to what he's trying to do, and he just like forgets that there's parts of the movie that are supposed to happen. Things don't lead to things. I think one of the strangest like here's a good example. There's a move there's a scene where the main character him goes to his doctor's office which is a mansion. Like there's a he walks into a yeah. foyer that looks like a a mansion with two separate staircases leading up to like a balcony and he walks up one of the staircases and then there's a close-up shot of like it looks like a a hand laminated piece of computer paper cut out that's supposed to be like a placard of like the this is the psychiatrist's office and then it cuts to what looks like a business like a conference room they're sitting on like opposite sides of a conference room table and that's his psychiatrist's office (laughs) and then they're talking not very little words are like nothing is being said it's like i don't want the medicine i don't need the medicine i'm good without the medicine he just keeps saying the same phrase over again and then there's another cut back to a placard and then back to that scene but the psychiatrist is dressed in different clothes (laughs) and it's like is this a different day (laughs) is this a different scene um, and then that happens again, but it cuts to a different placard and it's a psychotherapist. And then he's in a closet, like knees touching <laughs> to a different psych, psych uh, therapist, uh, an older woman who's the best actor in the movie. Um, she almost seems like she knows how to act. She has nothing. She's reading like clearly the words off the script. Um, uh, but she like is almost knows how to act. And she's like, tell me about your childhood <laughs> but they're like sitting on folding chairs right next to each other it's so bizarre yeah so it's just like it's it's impossible to wrap your head around like i don't know but i think that <laughs> i think that there's something to the idea of this being like a boomer wish fulfillment thing because i totally. think that it 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 plays out also in the way that he casts the movie which is like Obviously, a lot of his friends, a lot of just people he knows from around town and whatever. Yeah. But then every woman in this movie, and I mean every woman in this movie, <laughs> is just a stacked milf. <laughs> every single woman is just a big titty milf. <laughs> like, that's the only type of woman who exists in his little fantasy world. Right. And almost all of them he has sex with. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and he always finds some reason for them to be like naked or almost naked like the, the when he gets hit by the car in the beginning of the movie who's driving the car big titty big. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets out and she is of no consequence to the story going forward right uh he also does so to his wife and then to the girl uh he grew up with um the magic girl um 
both of them he does the same thing to in different scenes where they're like making out neither of them want to be making out with him so it's like supposed to be passionate but they're like hugging intensely and then like pecking on the lips uh and then he like takes their top off to their shoulders so you can like see their cleavage but like that they're not There's naked a scene where she like rips his shirt and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's his he's, wife like, wearing like a he's wearing like a polo shirt and she's just like fucking ripping they're like <laughs> very weakly and like <laughs> poorly ripping it uh yeah there's just what a strange strange man neil Bree. yeah well there's so much stuff in this movie that's just baffling because it's like he's writing the this book apparently so he's got probably 10 copies of the same hardcover book we, you never see the spine of clearly empty yeah clearly just a blank book somehow he got a blank book and he got 10 of them and then he has four or five different laptops that are not turned on but they're all on the desk it's like okay what what are we supposed to be understanding yeah, but, here but the way that you like the way they describe his character is he's uh like he wanted to be a computer scientist. He's like a right. master hacker, but instead he had to settle for being a best-selling author. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's like given up his dream of being a hacker yeah. uh, to be a best-selling author, which again, wish fulfillment shit. This is a guy who like sees himself mm-hmm. as a genius, wants to portray that he's a genius, so he writes these characters for himself where he's ultra-competent at everything. All anybody could say to him is like how fucking fantastic he is at every so every good at does. everything um but like yeah so the the book he's working on the whole time he keeps telling his publisher you know i'm working on this book it's gonna be great and then uh finally he's just like you know what forget it i made enough money for you i'm hacking now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm not writing I'm a book done at all. with this i'm hacking <laughs> i don't actually and, like writing and so the rest of the movie is just him like he, but he never hacks. You never see him do anything with the computers. No. This is what's so fascinating is because I watched he throws the, him on the, the ground. trailers for his other movies, <laughs> and he's a hacker in all of them. Yeah. And in all of them, he's like exposing state secrets and stuff. But what's interesting is that he, Neil Breen, as a as a human person, not in the movie, like as a writer, has no interest in learning about hacking, Mm-mm. learning anything about computers, learning anything about like the state or state secrets, what they could possibly be, what the <laughs> bankers could possibly be doing. All of these things are always touched upon in the most just like surface level of ways where right. he's just like, I'm hacking. I've got a lot of work to do hacking. And he's just like tapping away at the computer. <laughs> and then later, like when he when he reveals all the secrets, he's like, I have found deep secrets nobody's ever found before. Wow, what big secrets. He really reminds me <laughs> a lot of Trump. And I hate to say it. He's just really like Trump. He's really very similar to Donald Trump. He's even got like a weird wispy haircut that doesn't really totally make sense. <laughs> yeah, you're like, where is the style? Like, where does it... St- are you brushing it? Is this a jerry curl? Yeah. It's like if instead of getting into like business school, Trump got into like new age philosophy when he was in college and then just didn't become a success and instead became like a kind of okay success who's like probably design realistically the type of architect Neil Breen is is probably like designing the second floor of people's houses when they expand their suburban home. Right. That's the type of architect I imagine he is. Totally. 
<laughs> or he like works in like facilities. Like he like went to architecture school or something and then like you know, does project management for architecture, like yeah. for buildings that like he, he he doesn't actually sit there and draw. He doesn't actually do anything creative, but he right. like kind of is the project manager of the architecture like firm. Sure, and there's like a whole like technical side to architecture that's really important too. And like he probably has some understanding of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I just I was like looking at the Neil Breen uh subreddit uh and just like seeing what people talk about with him and like there was one thread that was like is there are there any buildings that we know of that like neil breen designed in las vegas i was like no (laughs) not not at all heavens no (laughs) (laughs) there's no way that's the type of architect he He gets a whole building (laughs) (laughs) there's no way this guy is making like cool buildings Mm -mm. not even a little bit he doesn't even seem remotely interested in aesthetic in these movies. No. He doesn't know how that works. He doesn't care. It means nothing to him. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about Neil Breen is that, well, so this movie says nothing. But what you're kind of left with is this feeling that maybe he's a good person somewhere where it's like, well, I guess he's might be like he doesn't seem to like corporations. That's sort of good. Um, yeah. But then if you watch the rest of his his oeuvre, uh, you you find out any hope that he might have been the on the right side of anything politically is cast out of the window <laughs> because <laughs> he uh, he's definitely like a weird libertarian right winger. Yeah. No, I I read that right into this. Yeah. Because that's the thing is it's like the so the end of this movie. There's a point around like the f- it's like an hour and 40. It's a very long movie. By the way, we forgot to mention this that I watched this on Pornhub because it's the only place I could find <laughs> oh, yeah. it. <laughs> I was looking for it on every streaming service, couldn't find it, couldn't buy it on iTunes if I wanted to. <laughs> Had to fucking watch it on Pornhub. Yes. Um, it's good quality there. So it's pretty good, yeah. So it's like 40 or so minutes into the hour and 40 runtime. Uh and, you finally uh, realize I don't think this is a well-made film. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're getting to the point where you're like, well, I don't think this is going anywhere. In fact, <laughs> um, and and you know they've killed his wife, they've killed his friend. His- All of these things have happened. I think they kill his like stone friend too, right? Like everybody in the movie, like that needs to die for whatever to happen. Like everything's happened. All the stuff in the movie's happened. <laughs> That's right. But you're only at forty, and you're like. Well, now what? And then a whole lot of nothing happens for a long time. And yeah. There was a while there where I was like, do I need to finish this? I feel like I got the gist. Oh, no. It gets so much better. And boy, am I glad that I stuck it out until the end. Because the end of the movie is uh, him going to Washington, like we said before. Mm-hmm. He reveals all of his state secrets. He reveals everything he's learned about the evil corporations. And then it's just the longest endless line of the same exact scene of like some like some congressman being like i'm sorry the people deserve not to be represented by a cheat and then shoots himself (laughs) in the fucking head hangs himself one of them like takes a bunch of pills one of them like leaves the car on in the garage and this is one after another after another and you're like how many more could there be they keep going (laughs) 
<laughs> just keeps going. Yeah. But what I was going to say is like the libertarian thing makes so much sense to me because like watching this, like the surface level analysis of like bad corporations and politicians and whatever, like really reminds me of the type of person who when you're knocking on doors for a political candidate, you'll talk to people who will say one of two things, either one, you know, you say like, I'm here for such and such person. They're running for Congress. And they're like, are they an incumbent? And you're like, no. And they're like, then I'll vote for them. I don't vote for incumbents. We got to get these jokers out of there. Yeah. (laughs) There's like that type of guy. And then there's the type of guy who you're like, yeah, I'm like here for this person. They're running on the democratic ticket. And they'll be like, Democrat, I don't vote for party. I vote for the person. Okay. <laughs> and like, there's these two very distinct types of just like grumpy old person who thinks they have like a deep uh, perspective on something, but very clearly <laughs> Do are not. just repeating something that they heard somewhere once. <laughs> and I feel like Bill Breen like really, really uh, gets that vibe with mm-hmm. this with this ending where it's just like politicians are corrupt. And so are corporations. <laughs> so is everyone who has power, which is why I should have power, because <laughs> I'm not corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's shocking about this movie is that, like, uh, I've, I have friends who I've shown it to, and they've seen parts of it, uh, like, on the internet, like, in memes or whatever. Like, there's a scene where... Um, he thinks that his friend killed himself even though his wife shot him and he's all bloody and he runs in and he picks him up and he holds him and he says, I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you do And it's just like terrible yeah, acting. I can't get you out of this one, right. buddy. And it's funny because it's so poorly acted, but you even, even when you're watching that scene out of context, your brain is struggling to be like, well, I'm sure in this movie they were friends. This is probably the end of the movie where there's scenes that set up something that they had been through something. No, that's not what it is. (laughs) They've had no scenes together. There's one, there's like two scenes where they are in the same room, but barely speak to each other. You only know that they know each other because at the very beginning, he says, this is my good friend and points to him. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing with the thing um, with the I am the president of the bank. (laughs) Yeah. Like you think, okay, well, that's stupid. They must have they must have set up before that there's a bank that he's the president of. No, No, this is the first time you've seen this actor at all. (laughs) Yeah. May as well have just parachuted onto set. (laughs) Like just nothing setting this stuff. (laughs) And when he says the bank, he doesn't mean the bank you saw before. He means the global bank, the one that exists. (laughs) Yeah. The bank, the big one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's the president of it. So yeah, it's just baffling at every turn. And the reason I love this movie is because of how shocking it is every time. Like I you watch yeah. you watch it and you're like how can he keep making similar mistakes in different ways <laughs> uh that keep me laughing. And it's just one of the best ones. Yeah, it's something else. So would you recommend what is it called? Faithful, Faithful Findings. findings. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting the name because it means nothing. <laughs> it doesn't even mean anything in the movie. I guess they. It doesn't mean anything in real life. It's not a phrase you've ever heard. <laughs> no. It doesn't mean anything in the movie. There's nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, like I said at the beginning, when we were talking about cats, 
uh, if you have the brain disease that makes you laugh at this kind of stuff, yes, it is top notch. It is the cream of the crop of bad movies. Um, and I can't speak for pass through, but double, uh, Twisted Pair, his newest film, he's gotten more and more lazy. So Twisted Pair is a much more um, ambitious film. It's about aliens and much cheaper film where almost every single scene is a um, uh, a um, stock photo on a green screen and then they're in front of it. Uh, and that movie is just as funny as this one so neil breen this is a great entry point if you if you want to watch a movie that's so bad that it makes you laugh this is up there with the room to me this is up there with um most of the mystery science theater stuff um it's fantastic i've never seen a movie uh, it's very rare when you find something this bad in this specific of and and different of a way um, I would also probably recommend it. I, I'm kind of on the fence about whether I'd recommend it because I, I do think that if you like bad movies, you'll like this. Yeah. You'll find something to love in it. I do think it's a bit too long. I think there is a part in the middle where it stops being so bad it's good and starts being like fairly tedious. <laughs> and definitely like gets to a point where you're like, all right, all right, let's let's wrap this thing up. We got we got plans after this. Sure, sure. But, I do think that like the highs that it hits are very worth it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the room you you've seen the room, right? Yeah. I think the room is more consistent uh but I think there's almost nothing in the room that's to me as funny, like just shockingly funny as as some of the stuff where he's like pouring coffee on his own face. Um, yeah. Oh. And, and and there's stuff like little things in this too, very subtle little things like uh, like the way that the sound is edited is astounding to me yeah. because it just like it it's almost as if nothing was recorded with the same mic. <laughs> they never <laughs> used the same mic again. They throw them out. They're single use. <laughs> Every single They're thing is a different sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds insane. It looks insane. Uh, also, one of the things that's so we barely talked, we didn't talk about this hardly at all, but there is like, I think to Neil Breen, this is his art movie. Like, yeah, this, there's like weird stuff where he's like inside of a black cube, but like that inside of the black cube is just trash bags taped to a wall (laughs) and he's completely naked. Um, there's weird things where there's like a golden book, I don't know what yeah. it means. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Don't even don't even worry about <laughs> it. It means nothing. But, nothing means anything. But it's it's like the best student film you've ever seen <laughs> where it's just like, oh, they they tried really hard and completely failed and you love yeah. to see it. And and he's just a fascinating man yeah. to just like look at and consider. I find him much more interesting than Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, because Tommy Wiseau is clearly just a grifter 
who yeah he's just like a weird guy who just like made a movie and like that's it like it, the, the time guys story is fairly straightforward this guy i have so many more questions <laughs> and you can't and, and, and it's just fascinating guy like the most tan penis energy you've ever seen <laughs> like, just a very interesting dude <laughs> yeah uh so they're they're comparable i think those two movies, Tommy Wiseau's uh, one movie and Neil Breen's Oof, um, just because of how similarly bad they are, but different animals. And you should, if you like The Room, this is the movie for you. Yeah. It's like pork and wild boar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> similar animals. <laughs> t- t- very similar taste. <laughs> but some distinct differences. Yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> Thank you for listening to Generation Loss. It's been another week. I hope you're staying safe out there. Please um, don't leave your please house. Con- continue staying indoors. Yes. Uh, never leave. Eat canned foods. <laughs> don't talk to anybody. <laughs> um. Uh, yes. Do not leave the house. Please stay safe. Watch more movies. Um. And we'll try and make more content for you to keep you nice and uh in, inundated with with content so you can not be so bored um yeah. and we'll try not to talk about this shit too much and only talk about movies so you don't have to keep thinking about this all the time because i know once the mics are off it's all i'm thinking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i like i like a nice content that makes me laugh and doesn't make me think about diseases <laughs> <laughs> so we'll try to keep doing that so uh we'll try and uh we'll let you know if we have more stuff than usual but until then please check out our patreon um it's patreon.com slash generation loss where we'll be bringing you all the movie news that's fit to talk about yeah, um, new bonus episode every week every friday we're just, we're gonna keep doing this we, we will not be uh crushed the content will not be crushed by the virus um Another content that's coming out is uh, my band is probably releasing an album before the month is over, uh, maybe. So please follow my band for more information on that at Stay Inside Music, or at yeah at Stay Inside Music. Um, we chose the name four years ago. This is not a cynical ploy to make you stay inside. <laughs> that is the yeah, name of my band. Sound like it. <laughs> that is the name of my band um and we've been recording this album for the better part of a year so check that out if you like music um otherwise follow us on twitter at kinemontography and jeremy thunder and we'll see you next time see you next time bye bottom line is the only reason none of my films are made near or with the Hollywood system is that I physically don't live in Los Angeles. It's really that simple. I have nothing against the system, although I'm familiar with what it takes to make a film, and I think I can overcome that on a very independent level. Um, My movies are not midnight movies. They are not micro-budget. They are not very, very low-budget films. I can tell you my films are expensive. Um, From strictly a process point of view, from a point of view of uh, pre-production, production, production, and post-production, 
everything that I do on all five films, I have followed all the standard processes and formats to make it. My starting with the script. My scripts are full, professionally done scripts. 112, 118 pages. They're shooting scripts you find anywhere else. I do them myself. Um, all of my... And I can't type. I'm a hyper like this. Um, my, as far as production goes, and casting, uh, pre-production, I follow all the quote-unquote Hollywood rules. Um, all my casting's done through normal casting notices, etc., uh, etc. Et I'll make this as brief as possible.